invite you to open them to the book of Ephesians. Just a moment, we'll be reading there from chapter chapter 6. <clears throat> Well, Americans spent about $26 million opening weekend in theaters watching the Titanic in 3D. I actually haven't seen the movie. But the Titanic is a very interesting subject in our day. I know that the night that that ship sank, Jack Phillips was the guy on the telegraph system who was transmitting the code. Actually, the code he was transmitting was CQD. That was the distress signal. About three years prior to that, a new distress signal had been set up, which is SOS. The reason they did SOS was it was just very simple. I believe it's dot, 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 dash, dash, dash. Is that correct? Dot, dot, dot. However, the British were kind of slow in accepting it, so they were still using the CQD. That night, the junior, uh, the junior kind of the intern wireless operator jokingly said at the beginning of the night, maybe you should try the SOS. It may be your last chance to use it. And so it turned out the 25-year-old Jack Phillips would die of hypothermia uh, on an overturned life raft. SOS has become a well-known distress signal in our day. It's also a common way in which many people pray. They kind of sail along in their unsinkable ship, and then all of a sudden the unexpected happens, and people send out the SOS signal, hoping that God will somehow hear and come to help them in the situation that they are in. You know what that's like. You get the diagnosis from the doctor or the pink slip on your desk, Perhaps it's a call on the phone in the middle of the night, and so we, we send out that SOS distress prayer. For many, their relationship with God is kind of like their relationship with their insurance guy. They go and sit down at the office and have a conversation and take out a policy. And then the only time they talk is when something happens, when they have a claim to make or something went wrong and they would like to be reimbursed. I've entitled the message this morning, Beyond SOS Prayer. And, and what, I wanna, what I want us to see this morning, or begin to see, because it's probably going to take us a couple weeks, but I'd like us just to begin to see how big this, this thing of prayer is. When, when we get done, I, my hope is for many of us, you'd go, wow, I, I had no idea prayer was so expansive. There were so many ways that I could pray. I want you to imagine that your prayer life is kind of like a menu in a restaurant. And for many of us, uh, here's the menu. Here's the menu. Hamburgers, fries, and Coke. And that's kind of it. That's your prayer menu. And what I'd like to do over a couple of messages is, is to expand that menu so you've got appetizers and salads and you know, main selections and desserts, and to see that there are so many ways that we can pray and that we can communicate with God. 
Our text this morning is Ephesians chapter 6. I'd like to read that, and then we're going to focus in on, on, on one verse specifically. Beginning with verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now up to this point, I've been talking about the importance of prayer uh, sort of in terms of your relationship with God. There's a God out there who made you. He made you for Him. He wants to know you. He wants to live in relationship with you. And, and that's a very important piece of prayer. But here Paul reminds us there's something else going on, another very important piece of prayer beyond simply knowing God. And that's the fact that you are in a battle. Whether you know it or not, you're in a battle. We see that in, in verse 12. And notice what he... I, I want you to notice this verse 12 because it's... You know, this battle is huge. And the goal of this battle is to, is to keep you from experiencing what God has in store for you. You know, God said He came to give you this abundant life. The battle you're in is seeking to give you the unabundant life. It, it is exactly the opposite effect. Uh, the goal is to separate you from God. The, the ultimate goal is to destroy your life. So you're in that battle whether you realize it or not. For sure, the goal here is to knock you down because God's goal at the end of the day is that you would still be standing in this battle. Now, we know that Satan is not omnipresent. You know, sometimes we'll say, well, Satan's attacking me. Well, <clears throat> chances are he's probably not in your room at that moment. Not that he couldn't be, but there are a lot of places where Satan could be. And he can only be in one place at one time. But I, I want you to notice here, because this is a very insightful verse, I want you to notice verse 12. And here's what it says. Our struggle, your struggle, is not against flesh and blood. Now listen to the list of this. It's against rulers, not singular, plural. Rulers against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. This is a massive army. I mean, Satan is the general, but there are, you know, there are lieutenants under him and, and troops and squadrons and all kinds of forces. We have no idea 
how pervasive that is. We have no idea all of those forces that might be at work against us, against this church, against your home, against your family, your kids, your marriage, all of that. And so we see here that the secret... There are all kinds of, of things that God has given us. He's given us this armor to protect us. And again, notice the goal in verse 13. He says... Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after it, you have done everything to stand. So it's like there's this, there are going to be battles in your life and God's goal is that you'd have armor on so that you could stand when the dust settles that you're still on your feet. Now, we see here what I think in verse 18, I think sometimes you hear these words like in World War II, you know, people are always trying to find the secret weapon. If there was a secret weapon in this battle, I think this is it. I think that's why he ends with it, verse 18. I think this is kind of a summation of the whole thing when he says, and this is our focus this morning, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now, what's interesting here is, as he says, it's interesting that he says to pray with all kinds of prayers and requests or supplications. Now, often we think of prayer as, well, prayer is when you come to God and you ask Him for something. But it says here that there are really two facets of prayer. First, there are requests, but then there's all kinds of other prayers that we are to be involved in. And then he says, always keep on praying. Always keep on praying. In other words, every place you are, I think every posture you are, I think when you wake up in the morning, it's appropriate to pray in bed. Some of us have a hard time praying in bed because we also like to sleep in bed. But it's appropriate to, you know, on your, the psalmist talks about praying to God on his bed. You pray to God when you sit. You pray to God when you stand. You can pray to God on your face, uh, on your feet with your hands stretched to the heavens. Any posture, any place, any, any, anywhere you are is appropriate for prayer. The key phrase this morning is to pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, I did a little Google search, and I said, ways to pray. And the first article said, eight ways to pray. The next one said, 23 ways to pray. The next one said, 25 ways to pray. I looked a little farther down, 50 ways to pray. I quit when I hit 100 ways to pray. But you know what? There are a hundred ways, different aspects of prayer. And so this morning, over the next 10 to 15 minutes here, I'm going to share with you seven. Just going to share with you seven this morning, if we get that far. And I, what I just did is I sat down and kind of wrote down some of the ones that I have experienced that have been meaningful to me. I, I don't do these all the time. Some I do more than others. But these are different ways to pray, different kinds of prayer. 
you're here today and, and you're not sure how to pray or you get bored praying or you're just not sure what to do, uh, hopefully this will help you. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the importance of developing routines in your prayer life. And so some of these might become routines that you develop, or these might be things that you cycle in and out of a routine. So if you have a routine of praying for, you know, let's say you had a routine of praying for 30 minutes every morning before you got into your day. There are different things you can do during that 30 minutes. And so it's important to understand different kinds of prayer. There are certain seasons in your life where you may want to pray one way and then another. So here we go. Seven. For those of you who like lists this morning, you're going to enjoy this because we're going to give you seven different ways to pray. And I just label these. Uh, these are just my own labels here. So here's the first one. The first one is what I call nature prayer. Nature prayer. That's where you get up and you take a walk and you go out into nature and you pray. This is a very very powerful way to pray. It's a very important way to pray. And so you, as you go, you, you allow nature to speak to you and you respond back to it because God will speak to you through nature. God will speak to you through nature. You know, sometimes we get into our lives and we go, we just walk right through this beautiful world God's given us and we don't hear what God is saying to us through it. This is where you, you know, it's like treating creation like walking through an art museum. You go through an art museum and you go, oh, wow, look at that painting. That is a, that is a beautiful painting. You go up and you look at it and you look down the right-hand corner and you say, who painted that? So maybe you see the name uh, Len Pigeon on there. <clears throat> I have some paintings like that in my office. And you go, wow, he really did a beautiful job. Well, you know, Going creation and seeing a flower or a scene or a mountain or the ocean or whatever it is and, and just going, wow, God, that is, that is amazing. That's a very powerful form of prayer. It's part of just as God's creation praising Him for what He's done and the Bible's full of admonishment to praise God for what he's done. You know, you go out sky in, at night and you look at the sky and you look at the moon and the stars, you go, man, God, you are really big. You are so big. That is prayer. That is prayer. Whenever God touches you with something that you connect from him and there's a response in your heart to God, that is prayer. Look at Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the earth. God is using nature to speak to you. I, had, I shared this a while back, but I will never forget this experience as long as I live. I was preaching through the character of God, and I was talking about God as creator. And so for that week... You know, whenever I'm preaching on something, I usually kind of try and focus on it. So I was just, I was going out, up, I live up on Rib Mountain, and I was walking out, and I was just allowing this verse to actually happen and just being very aware of what the trees were saying to me. 
I'm not a pantheist, but the, the Bible says that their voice to what God has made goes out day to day. Their speech goes out. So just, you know, I'm looking at a tree going, wow, that, that's saying something about God. And the mountains are saying something about God. And I was walking down the hill. I was just about to my driveway. And I was, I was trying to, I was just responding to what had happened. And I remember just lifting my hands and saying, God, you are an amazing creator. And, and when I lifted my hands like this, 10 feet, I kid you not, 10 feet over my head. This was when the road still had its canopy. Remember that? <clears throat> and uh, 10 feet over my head, I felt something. I looked up, and there was a bald eagle. With its wings spread, and I, I, I felt like I was in O'Hare Airport with a 747 landing right over my head. I have never seen, I know they're up there, but I, live, I have never seen an eagle on Rib Mountain in 12 years. If you go up to the top, you might see them. But at that moment in time, I knew that God was affirming the marvel of His creation. And so, as we go out in nature, there's a certain kind of prayer that God intends to go out to Him. I call that the prayer of nature. That's one way that you can pray. The second one is what I call Scripture prayer. This is one of the most important ways for me. Because many times, I'm not exactly sure what to pray for. And I don't always like to just sit down and go through lists. Okay? I think it's important to pray, have lists of things to pray for. But if all your prayer life is, is requests, you know, Paul says, Pray with requests, but also all kinds of prayer. So there must be other kinds of prayer other than just coming to God and asking Him for things for yourself and other people. And so I like to go to Scripture because my mind loves to wander. I, I'm a wander. My mind is can go all over the place. When I take uh, when when Bob and, and Cindy gave us the gift inventories. I'm like ideation and intellection and strategy. Those are all mind things, and I'm always thinking, always thinking. So I start to pray about something, and pretty soon I'm strategizing about it and thinking of ideas. And has that ever happened to you? Well, I need something to keep me on track, and so I, I love to use the scripture as a as an agenda for prayer. And so I, the concept is you just allow the words that you read to set the agenda. So right now, I'm going through the Psalms. And that becomes my, my prayer agenda. So here's an example. I just turned to this one when I was writing my message. Psalm 18. I love you, Lord, oh my strength. Okay, that's my first prayer agenda item. And so I just start thinking about my love for God. And I start thinking about reasons that I respond to God for things He's done. And then, and then it says, oh, my strength. And I began to think about what are those things in my life that, that I need strength for today? What is it that, that, you know, if God is my strength, what, what can I lay before Him? The Lord is my rock, my fortress. And often what's really helpful to do is to read this through in, 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 and read it in first person. Now, the psalmist does here on the first one, I love you, Lord, oh, my soul. 
Lord, you are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my deliverer. God, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. So I stop and think, what is it that, what is it that I'm feeling fearful of? What, if is it, what is it that I need to take refuge in God for today? So I'll allow that. Lord, you are my shield. That means you're my protection. You're the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And so I'll just spend some time and, and use this as, as the agenda for what I'm praying about. And you can just walk through Scripture that way and allow God to, to do that. You can read through the Psalms. That's a great place to start if you want to use reading through Scripture in your prayer life. You can pick a New Testament book and do that. You can pick themes of the Bible. Maybe you want to pray about hope or joy or, or see what the Bible has to say about fear. You know, wonderful thing about the computer. Just go on. Type in verses about whatever it is, hope, fear, whatever you want. You'll come up with every verse in the Bible, a list for you of verses that you can pray through on those topics. There are prayers of the Bible. Type in prayers of the Bible. You'll get all the prayers in the Bible. Take a, it'll take you months to just pray through all the other prayers that are already written in the Bible. So many things that you can do. Mueller, George Mueller read through the Bible, I've mentioned this before, 200 times. But he didn't just read through it. He prayed through it. You wonder why he was such a man of faith? The Bible says faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. So you pray through the Bible, it will increase your faith. So that's the second one, Scripture prayer. Here's the third one. <clears throat> I call this musical prayer, or music prayer. God created music. God created music. Can you imagine the world without music? God created music, and it is a big part of our lives. It was a big part of the Old Testament. Israel, it's a big part of the New Testament. We're admonished to, to sing to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, all kinds of music to the Lord. Look at Mark 14, 26. It says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. When they had sung a hymn, that was tradition. Now that when we, when we think of hymns today, we think of that which came out of the Reformation. That's not what it's talking about here. Hymns in biblical days were verse, they were songs that weren't perhaps word for word out of the Psalms, but they were predominantly based on uh, the Psalms. And so they were, we, we find that they, they would actually sing the Psalms, and then some of the hymns were actually Psalms, and so it was very traditional, and we assume that whatever they sang was probably somewhere in the Psalm 113 to 118. That was traditionally the Paschal, the Paschal Psalms. That's traditionally what they sang at Passover. So how do you pray when you, through music, you don't just sing the songs. And so one way is, is to sing to the Lord. Uh, if that's distracting for you, to hear yourself singing to the Lord, then, you know, sometimes what I like to do is, I just like to, you can put on a CD, you can, uh, I like to use PandoraRadio.com, 
And you can type in whatever genre of music, whatever artist you like, and it'll just scroll through for hours songs related to that. I like to just, maybe sometimes at the end of the day, just lay down and close my eyes and just listen to those songs and take those words in and just in my heart, not even verbally, just, just sing them back to God and just identify with them and just worship God and pray to God through music. Very, very powerful way to pray. Let me just mention a couple that, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these two, but these are a couple of acronyms that, that you can use. One is probably one of the most common is the Acts Prayer. The Acts Prayer. How many of you have heard of the Acts Prayer? Okay, you know, maybe a, a third of us here. Each of those stands for something. The first one's adoration. So you begin, God, just begin praising God for who He is and what He's made and, and all that. So you just, words of adoration to God, then you move into confession. Things that you know that you've done. Uh, things that you don't know about that you're sure you've probably done. And, you know, if there are people that you've offended, people that you need to apologize to, this is the place where you allow God to speak to you, make amends for anything you've done if it's involved other people. Very, very important part. Then you move into thanksgiving. And this is thanking God for the things He's done. Adoration is praising God just for who He is and what He's made. Thanksgiving is thinking about all the things that you have to be thankful for. And very, very important part of prayer and then the fourth one is supplications. Supplication is a word for just crying out to God with your requests, both for yourself and for other people. And so, very simple way that you can pray. Just sit down and work through those four. It's called the Acts Prayer. Another one, it's a little more in-depth, is to use the Lord's Prayer. And I, I've done this at times. You know, when I use these for me personally... Uh, sometimes I'll work through them, and then after a while, I just start feeling like it's not fresh anymore. And so I'll, I'll move to something different. I think God likes a little variety in our prayer life. And so don't be afraid to, to change it up and try some different things. Uh, God is a God of variety. The Lord's Prayer. Just quickly, pray through the lines. Our Father. Our Father very powerful to, to pray about your identity, who you are, that you're a child of God, that He is your Father. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is adoring God. Just take some time and hallow. It means to just to lift up the name of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's about surrender. Surrendering your kingdom. Allowing God's kingdom to become your kingdom. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. Petition. Spend some time asking God for that. The next slide. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This is a time to look at the relationships in, in your life. Lead us not into temptation. Ask God to protect you in that day. Maybe it's a time when you kind of put on that armor of God. And then, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. 
just praise to God. That's another way that you can work through the Lord's Prayer in prayer. Here's number six. This is called the cry of the heart. This is the prayer that is prayed from the heart and from the emotions. From the heart and from the emotions. This is that, God, this is where I'm at prayer. This is where you just pour out your heart to God. The Psalms are full of this. Many of us are not very good at this one. I grew up in northern Minnesota where all the Scandinavians grew up. You know, that's my, those are my roots. The place where we don't express our emotions very much because, you know, it's really cold and our emotions freeze up as well as everything else. That's kind of what happens. So I can talk about that. I'm a Swede. Uh, you know, we're very literal up there, except when it comes to clapping your hands or praising God or getting expressive, and then we excuse ourselves. Even though the Scriptures are very clear that we are to expressively praise our God. And so, you know, if you can't do this, it may be hard. Start doing this by yourself when you're alone, but cry out to God. Express yourself to God. Get in touch with those emotions going on. Sometimes we seal off our emotions and then we wonder why we feel disconnected, not only from God, but from people around us. So God says, cry out to me. God knows what's going on in there. You might as well just get it out and let God deal with it. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's bitterness. Whatever it is. But cry out to God and allow, allow God to minister. Look at... Look at Hebrews 5.7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries, it says, and tears to the one who could save him from death. He was heard because of his reverent submission. What do you think that sounded like when Jesus was praying? I think it was pretty expressive. Loud cries and tears to the one that could save him. The last one is called the Garden Prayer. And I think what we'll do is, well, the next message will kind of pick up on, on this one. And we will, we will start with that one because it's a very, very important way to pray. Here's my point this morning. God is inviting us to pray with all kinds of prayers. All kinds of prayers and requests. And this is to be such a pervasive part of our life. And when we, you know, when it's just the SOS prayer, it's just those times when, when we feel the pain and we feel life squeezing in and then we pray, we're missing so much of what God has called us to experience. Father, this morning we thank You for this time. Lord, we thank You for the power of connecting with you. And uh, Lord, you've invited us to experience this in so many different ways. Lord, as we began this series, teach us to pray. The more we dig into it, the more we see we need to pray that prayer. Teach us how to pray. Lord, just speak to us now as we, as we just quietly reflect as we receive our offering this morning and conclude this service. Uh, Lord, show us what you're saying to us today. Lord, bless the gifts today.
bless each one that gives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.